Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. Hi, guys. So this week's guest is Gina DeVee. She was introduced through a friend of mine. She's an author and just came out with a book called The Audacity to Be Queen. It's all about the art of dreaming big and really manifesting your most fabulous life. I loved having her on, and I think you guys are going to have a lot of great takeaways from this conversation. So I just want to get started. Let's go. I'm so excited to talk to you because I was going through your book, and I have so many questions for you. I have so many. I know. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. So first of all, I love the title, The Audacity to Be Queen, because I do think that is such a problem, I think, for women to want more. Mm-hmm. And your book sort of just goes through the challenges and breaks down how to get through it. I, well, I'm so glad that was the intention. Yes. So what, <laughs> I mean, so your background in psychology. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. And what, what prompted you to sort of put all of these... I guess, thoughts and and challenges and solutions into this book. It was, I mean, I, I could tell from reading that you went through some sort of challenges yourself. <laughs> well, dark night of the soul challenge <laughs> level, yes, but like, um, absolutely. So I... You know, I wanted to write a book like 20 years ago. Like, you know, it's a, you know, I'm a speaker, life coach, and it just seemed like it was the thing to do. And um, I, you know, the in, in chapter four in the book, when I write about this ancient story of Queen Esther, that was really the basis of my work. You know, I felt so much like an ordinary girl that had a bigger dream for her life and realized that only from the position of queen can you really fulfill your calling. Um, and it doesn't have to just be appointed that that it's like really our, our divine destiny. And so I, in, oh Lord, when, 2004, I moved from Detroit to California because I was going to write my book on being queen. But I did not know that I would have to go through my own Esther experience journey. I call it the year of the, the power of preparation uh, to, to risk a lot, reveal who I really am. I went through all of the elements um, that just happened to take another 15 years. <laughs> and then I oh, had you thought collected. it was going to be a year. You thought, oh, this is going to take I, a year. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think I was going to have to go through it. I thought I was just going to write about it. <laughs> and so living through it, um, I you know moved to Los Angeles, have started a business and a lifestyle brand, and learned a lot as a success coach, learned a lot as a speaker, uh, an entrepreneur. And then finally, a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, now I'm ready. And in 2019, wrote the book and in 2020 launched it. It's a fantastic book. It really is. Thank you. Thank you so much. You were saying in that time of revealing yourself, there's also a struggle time. So how, how do people that are willing to do the work during that sort of dark period, not get down in the dumps and second guess their journey? Without 
having some level of personal development or even dare I say spiritual connection, like not well. Um, you know, we're conditioned as a society to kind of believe in doomsday and like the, the worst outcome and dead ends and, you know, ending chapters. Like there's so much conditioning that like, on some level sort of like life is over or the opportunity is over. And it's just, it's not human nature. It's not the way of the world. Um, at all. And so much of what I've discovered over the past 20 years in the trenches is everything, 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 everything is happening for us, not to us. Mm -hmm. And just if, if people can get that, no, it doesn't matter if you've lost a job, if you're going through a divorce, if you've gotten a diagnosis, if your top employee quit, if you lost the acting gig, like, like everything is happening for us, not to us. And we experience certain things in life as um, like bad things have happened. Like, oh, this is, this is bad. And if we could really get a reframe that the only thing that's happening is we're being redirected to our good. If we will let that in. Um, and okay, that's but let's say, but I here's get. where I think a lot of people write to me about is, mm -hmm. and I think this happens in movies, but there are times that people are going through a divorce and they yes. think, I'm never going to get over my ex-wife, my ex-husband, yes. or I'm never going to get another job like this, where yes. because they hear stories of people who just never get over somebody. But I don't know yes. if that's necessarily true. It only is true if you believe it. There are 7.8 billion people in the world. If that relationship didn't work out, don't you think the force that has like the sun rise and set every day, the tide come in and out, can find the next rightful partner for you? Well, not in this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it, this is like the, the coolest story I saw. There, It was in New York and there was this woman that went out on a rooftop and she was just dancing like no one was watching. She was like alone on the rooftop dancing. And there was this guy like a building over who like saw her and was watching her through the window and like filming her, not in a creepy way, but like in a like he was like so attracted to her. He had a drone, taped his phone number to the drone and flew it over to her. Oh. And and he she texted him an hour later. That's so, so romantic. I think that love it can be found anywhere you're, you're right. open to it. You're right. <laughs> so you were saying that, yeah, everything's happening for you, not to you. And it's very difficult when you are down the dumps, if you just lost a job, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. to believe mm -hmm. that. But I really truly believe that. And I have had many things in my life have that have gone wrong and back, you know, in the day before I've known better. And I look back at those situations and I go, thank God they didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. God, because my life wouldn't be where I am now. And I thought back then it was the worst. No, that was my dream job. No, that was my dream husband. And it's like, no. No. Mm -hmm. So you have to, yeah, it's about believing. You also wrote in the book about thinking that results are from doing rather than being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I am very guilty of living my life that way until again, recently of doing a lot of reading of Mike Dooley. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a new thought sure teacher, am. Mm -hmm. but he has really taught me that, you know, it's not about the doing, but I grew up, you know, both my parents are immigrants from Cuba and it's all mm -hmm. about hard work, hard work, hard work. And my whole thirties were wasted working, but like an, like an animal, like, Mm -hmm. I never really had any fun. And I look back now and I realize 
that's just not the way to live. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's so counterintuitive, particularly for us women. Um, You know, the society is just so addicted to the masculine way of life, which is doing, initiating, taking action, um, making it happen. And it's some, it's just, it's ruining the lives of women. It's blowing out our adrenals. It's, we aren't meant to function like men. We have attraction powers. So to, to kind of recap an element of the book. So Mas- the masculine and, and both male and female have masculine and feminine in them. So the masculine is the logical, the linear, the provider, the protector, the tangible, the concrete, the practical, the probable um, elements. And ultimately, masculinity is about giving. The feminine, it's about the spiritual, the creative, the intuitive, the insightful, the nonlinear, the invisible, the seeing things not as they are, but as they could be. It's the realm of the miraculous and being able to bend time and space. And ultimately, the feminine is about receiving. And society has just been so addicted to all things masculine that, you know, if you're going to make, you got to work hard to make money. And if you're going to like, you know, land that opportunity, you, you have to like go force it and make it happen and take the bull by the horns and all this kind of masculine, um, verbiage and mentality. And I'm not saying that you don't do any action, but if women would start learning to, Start from a place of being, start from a place of desire, start from a place of what's the most pleasurable way for you to make money or advance your career or whatever it is that you run your household. Then we will get into to the art and the beauty of the, the feminine way of doing things, which so much consists of being. I mean, how many times have we like just sat down with a cup of tea and we were thinking about someone and they called. Yes. Right. Like that, that's attractive. Like we all had that. How many times did we like go down a particular road and we were like, ah, this isn't the right direction. And then we were like, why don't we trust your intuition? All of us. So these like in feminine arts that are inside of us, just they're, they're like muscles that have atrophied. And if we would learn to use them as our superpowers to attract, to call in, um, you know, here, okay, a, a perfect example. Okay. I talked about, I launched my book. Um, my book came out March 3rd, 2020, had a whole big in-person book tour nationally and then internationally. And obviously that all got canceled. So I could have gone and like started pounding the pavement and I could have just been like submitting podcasts, submission after podcast, like just like cold calling and like taking all this massive action and knocking on doors and, you know, like elbowing my way in. Or I could sit there and like be, and it was like, what's, what's the opportunity here now that I'm not doing the in-person, I still want to do podcasts, but like, what's the most pleasurable way to do that? Well, the masculine is about I, and the feminine is about we, the we is about relationship and connecting. So I went and pleasurably called them of friends and said, Hey, who do you know that has a podcast? And my friends were so generous and introduced me to so many people that introduced me to more people. And it was like, I got into like such great arenas and podcasts as a result of doing it the feminine way than the, I'm not going to ask for help. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to be a workaholic and like go knock on every door and get no responses. So that's what you mean by being rather than doing. It's not about not taking action. It's not about Correct. sitting on your butt and just waiting for people to call you. It's about 
it's about doing it the more organic way instead of the forcing it. Exactly. And also the being part is also not illegal. Like sometimes just sitting on, like, you know, you've got to take action at some point, but the amount of action I say in the, the book, busy is boring mm-hmm. and all work and no play makes for a very boring queen. So like sometimes just sitting with a book or a cup of tea or your daughter, like sometimes just, um, being and like watering your plants or like, you know, cooking, like just doing things from a being place. That is where we get our creative downloads. That's where you're going to get your, probably your next brilliant idea for whatever is going to advance your career, not sitting behind your computer, answering all the emails and all the doing. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, You also talked about getting good at receiving, which I am the worst at. I'm getting better. I'm getting so much better. Good. But oh boy. I mean, my 30s, I just didn't need anybody's help. I can do it by myself. Even if it was like a 400 pound weight, I would get a Mm -hmm. hernia and blow up my back and Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. asking or accepting help. Why do you think that is? Because I think a lot of people struggle with it. Mm -hmm. Well, for so long, it was literally unsafe to be a woman. It was unsafe to be feminine. You know, in the ancient times, when when a boy was born, they were like thrilled and there was celebration. And when a girl, a daughter was born, there was wailing because a woman wasn't seemed valuable unless she bore a son. So like this has been going on for so long that that the, the feminine is not revered. Then, when the feminine in her wildest ways became um, literally magical with potions and um, you know, using herbs for healing and that kind of thing, then they were called witches and then they were burned at the stake. And so the whole nature of the feminine has been, you know, um, oppressed, has been judged, has been made wrong. You're not to be too smart. You're not to be too beautiful. You're supposed to cover yourself. You're supposed to, um, you know, be submissive. You're supposed to do what the the husband or the man says to do. You know, just the whole element of being feminine has not been revered. So our mothers, our grandmothers, their mothers, their grandmothers, they weren't great at receiving. They weren't great at being in their feminine because they were so in survive mode, survive to be kept safe, survive to be alive, survive just to be in status quo. And today, you know, this isn't true for all of our sisters globally, but for more and more of us in in the Western world, it's getting safer and safer to be feminine and therefore to receive. And I really believe this generation of women is really turning the tide of what it means to not be the one doing it all, yeah. but learning to delegate, to receive support, to receive love, to receive a compliment, for goodness sake. Um, and An- Another thing that I was horrible at. So no matter, I'd I'd be walking down the street, somebody would say, oh, I love your dress. And I would say something like, oh, I got it at Target. It was only $14. And so I'm just like, like, nobody asked. Like, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Right. And what I will say, the, so to answer your ultimate question, why, why are we so not good at receiving is because it hasn't been safe and it's so vulnerable. So think about giving, giving. If you have a birthday present for a friend, like think about like holding that present and you're like so excited to give that like present that you've picked out and you've beautifully wrapped and you're like, you know, you've got to go give that present to your friend. And then think about when your friend is standing there holding that present for you, like 
if you don't, if you're not good at receiving, you like have a pit in your stomach and you're squeamish. You're like, do I open it now or do I wait till later? Like, you know, there's just this element of vulnerability. Right. So I think the more that we become aware of our, um, what I call in the book, the injured feminine instinct, like our inability to receive. And the more that we go to heal that and start with the small things. When someone gives us a compliment, just say, thank, thank you. you. Just <laughs> start <Yeah>. there. Um, <laughs> You know, and 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 you'll build. Then, um, you know, receiving gets easier, and it becomes more comfortable. You know, my therapist told me something a few months ago that I thought was really powerful. She said, "The allowing someone to give to you, whether it be a compliment or helping you with your trash cans or a gift, creates closeness. So the more you mm-hmm. push people away, like, no, I can do it. No, I can do it." it actually pushes the people, even your friends or whomever away from you. Like you have mm-hmm. to allow people in to help you. They feel closer. And just your story about my uh, giving somebody a gift. I love giving gifts, but I can't imagine mm-hmm. if I gave my friend a gift, she was like, no, no, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need it. I would mm-hmm. be mortified. I'd be, cause I was so excited to give it to her. So I have to think about the other person giving to me that it brings them pleasure as well. Exactly. Giving and receiving is like breathing in and breathing out. Both are equally needed. Yep. You also talked about, you know, manifesting and believing. Um, I think that's something also that I'm learning as I'm getting older is manifesting equals believing, which equals your, what really boils down to is self-worth. Because if you don't Mm -hmm. actually believe and have self-esteem, you're not going to believe whatever dream that you have. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. how do you think that people could work on the manifestation process? Yes. Well, it's really what you said, Sabrina. It starts, well, it starts with being clear on what your dream is. You know, the, the statistics are that only one in a hundred people even know what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's because we've just been so like told, like, be responsible, be practical, like do what society says. Like we, are, we don't even know. I mean, when's the last time anyone's asked a woman or a mom, what do you want? Right. It's like a foreign question. Yeah. And so the first thing is to, for us as women, just start self-prioritizing, like, you know, spending time alone with ourselves, not just with Netflix, but actually asking ourselves, what do we desire? So manifesting starts with being clear about what it is you desire. And then really before knowing the hows, right. And Mike, back to Mike Dooley, Mike Dooley is like the, you know, king of like, it's not about the hows. It's about developing the belief that it is possible, even before you know the haves, even before you have the connections, even before the way seems clear. And the number one reason why people don't take action then on behalf of their dreams is because they're like, oh, I'd like to be on TV. Oh, I'd like to write a book. Oh, I'd like to lose 20 pounds. But how? They think, but how, right? And it's like, well, I could never get on TV. I don't know those people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to write a book. Losing 20 pounds requires you know, carrot sticks and celery, like too much work. It's not worth it. Then people take themselves out of the game. So what I'm telling you that is, by the way, anybody listening, Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with Mike Dooley, I did a podcast with him a while back. So I highly recommend you go and listen to it. It's super powerful. Oh, he's so good. Oh, he's so good. But I tell this, I've told this story in my podcast. When I got my first HGTV job, Gina, Mm -hmm. I didn't have an agent. I was completely in a different field. I had no contacts and I watched The Secret and it completely changed my thought process. I started working, yes. I started working out for to get on TV, even though I had no prospects. 
And I just believed it. And I pro- it was be- from the moment that I watched The Secret, it was 16 weeks later, I was on set filming my first HGTV show. Go, sister. I love it's, that. But, yes. uh, but if I worried about the house, because I didn't know how, I didn't have any any contacts, no I didn't even know anybody in the business at all. I would have mm-hmm. stopped my destiny. Don't mm-hmm. worry about the house. The universe will conspire to help you as soon as you figure out what you want. You have to believe that. And what you just said too is about being alone. I I can hear it as, especially as a single mom, that by the time you put the kids to sleep, you clean the house, you finish the dishes. The last thing you want to do is be by yourself. You want to put on Netflix and just mm-hmm. like veg out. I promise you, and I know, Gina, you are a huge journaler because you write mm-hmm. about it in the book. Even if you just journal for five minutes, five mm-hmm. minutes, and then put on Netflix, that process helps to get yourself out of your head and just sort of, it's helped me, um, I don't know, I don't know the right word, but almost download, download how totally. I feel, download mm-hmm. my angst and just get it out in a, in a way. And sometimes ideas come from that too. So I, I highly recommend journaling. Mm-hmm. It's just such a beautiful way to be able to connect with your own thoughts and get them out of you and onto the page. I also know that you're a huge meditator. You love meditation mm-hmm. and so do I. And a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, I can't, I can't. And my mind doesn't stop. It's like, your mind's not supposed to stop. It's okay <laughs> that it doesn't. I mean, thoughts, the process is, and you even say, sometimes you wait until you're thoughts subside and then thoughts start coming through. Mm-hmm. But it's a mm-hmm. practice and you're you're not going to get it the first time. But I also meditate and I, I love the process. I love the practice. Yes. It's it's very much a mental muscle. You know, it's like you can't go to the gym one time and say like, I can't do this. You know, you like you move your body to the best of your ability and then, you know, strength grows in increments. But, you know, meditation, kind of like working out, you can't really do it wrong. You know, progress over perfection and if you are even sitting and closing your eyes and breathing for 10 minutes, like that's, that's progress. Yeah. Um, and it will, you know, the, the universe has eyes. So if you are desiring a higher level of consciousness, if you're desiring a, a breakthrough for, you know, finding some sort of solution to a challenge, that's all you just have to start with that willingness. And if you sit down and you just have an intention for your meditation, like, I really want to know what the best way is to resolve this conflict. And you sit there and you meditate and, you know, sometimes you'll get it that day. Sometimes you you go back day after day and it will come later. Um, But it, you know, all the science will show it definitely works. You also spoke about outgrowing your circle, which Uh I did a podcast about letting go of toxic people, whether it be a relationship or family members. And a lot of people wrote in about that. And I think, because a lot of emails and DMs came in. I think that rings true to a lot of people, especially quarantine now. I mean, mm-hmm. people are stuck <laughs> with maybe people they don't want to be stuck with. How mm-hmm. do you how do you outgrow your circle and do it in a healthy way for everyone involved? Sure. Well, you can do it in a healthy way for you. And how others perceive it is not your business. Mm -hmm. So I will say that. Um, And it's the the thing that I think you can get behind because everyone's like, I don't want to leave people behind. Well, you actually might be doing them a favor because maybe they don't want to go where you want to go. You know, when, when we get excited about our latest 
health and fitness kick or our spiritual meditation kick or our personal development thing or like whatever it is, or just not gossiping anymore or not like complaining about the whatever relationship dynamics. Um, not everyone wants to go in that direction. It's like saying, Hey, let's go to New York. It's like not, you know, that doesn't thrill everyone. And so I think I don't, when, when you outgrow your circle, I haven't ever seen anyone, and I've been at this a while, I've never seen anyone leave anyone behind. What I've seen is that people didn't want to go in in that direction. So I think that when you really live by a philosophy of like live and let live, um, it does require boundary setting and people don't love it when you change the rules. If the rules for the particular relationship were like, we get on the phone and we complain about you know, our finances or that we're not working or quarantine or whatever it is. And you're like, Hey, I'm not up for that anymore. Like people don't love a change, but it doesn't mean that, um, that that a change isn't necessary. Exactly. Exactly. And so you got to be there enough for yourself to be proud of how you're showing up and how you're using your time. And if that means cutting a conversation short or having fewer of them or none of them, um, that's what it means. And you talked about that in chapter six, the disease to please. So Uh when you want to change the narrative of maybe a relationship that you have, let's say that you have a friend who's constantly venting about the quarantine or whatever, that they're miserable. And it's like a half hour. You have no idea how much that's affecting your life. Really. It's draining you in a way that you don't Uh even see. So it's okay to set a boundary and you have to actually look about if you're worried about that, how they're going to perceive you, if they're going to call you names behind your back, like why mm-hmm. you have that disease to please people because you can't please everyone. And if you do please everyone, that definitely means you're not pleasing yourself. Totally. And you know, you, you as a queen, you're responsible for who you surround yourself with. So my friends, um, my, my girlfriend, one of my best girlfriends told the story recently. So she, um, she had to like move out of her place and it was around the holidays and it was right before she was like, you know, putting on this huge live event. And she like called me complaining and she was like, Oh my God, this is awful. This is terrible. And, you know, I gave her like five minutes to vent. Cause it's like, we're human. We get to have human emotions. Of course. And then I was, and then I was like, all right, queen, adjust that crown. This is happening for you. Not to you. You're not, not like, I loved her so much that I knew this wasn't doing her any good to go on any further about it. She had expressed, she had acknowledged, she had been heard and seen. And now it's like, you know, obviously the universe is something better for you. So let's focus on that. Like, let's get you help. Let's get Packers coming in. Like I, I helped her with the solution. Right. And you know, because she's not committed to toxicity, she was like, thank you. Like, thank you for being my friend and like taking a stand for my queenhood. So the people that are like up for your vibration are going to literally say, thank you for you setting the boundary. Yes. And the people are, that are like just committed to the the crisis, they're gonna, who do you think you are? Like, you know, it's, you know, and then you just got to like run, don't walk. Yeah. And just and know that some people just have bad days. It's okay to just excuse yourself from the conversation. It doesn't mean that me, like you have to cut that person yeah. out of your life. I mean, by no means, but yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's and sometimes, a, sometimes that you do. <laughs> sometimes you do. If it's not to be chronic, afraid of that too. It's okay too, right? If it's a chronic yes. problem and it's exactly. happening and it's not changing, even though you've set that boundary, that's something for you to look at as well. What are your daily practices uh-huh. that you find that work for you to live like a queen? So I think a lot of people know about the morning routine concept. Um, it's just it's just so necessary for me. So my morning consists of, I call it the spiritual workout. Um, it's reading, it's writing, it's movement, and it's meditation. 
Um, when I'm super lazy, I do five minutes of each of them. <laughs> so, cause like, even I can't tell myself I don't have 20 minutes right. and when I'm really committed to my success and living my best life, um, I do, I get up earlier and I spend more time, um, on each of those four categories. But recently something that I've added is my evening routine. So talk about being like, I've gotten super lazy. I've gotten really consistent with my morning routine. I'm good there, but my evening routine, like making sure I take my makeup off, um, making sure that I'm like, you know, drinking water and going to bed at a great time. Um, and then even recently I've been doing hypnotherapy at night. Do you know what that is? Yes. Wait, how are you doing it? Like just listening to it on your earphones? Yeah. Yeah. I signed up for uh, a private hypnotherapy session and then she gives me a recording. And so like every night I'm like, really committed to literally programming my subconscious for the success I desire in my life. So I've recommitted to my evening routine as well. I know that uh, Lacey Phillips, are you familiar with her? I don't know her. She's um, on Instagram. It's to be magnetic. She does workshops for manifesting money or love. And I, I think hypnotherapy, those like guided hypnotherapy sessions are also part of her. Um, sessions, but I'm, I have to try that. The problem with me is I have Olivia. So if I can't really put on headphones and get into <laughs> some other realm because I have to listen to the monitor, but I have constantly made excuses of why I can't meditate when I have her. But what for any mm-hmm. single parent out there, just what Gina was saying, even five minutes. So I'll put Olivia and it's okay to put her on her iPad for five minutes while I'm meditating and she's in the room with me and she knows what mommy's mm-hmm. doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then or do I, it after she goes to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I do the hypnotherapy. I literally go to sleep to it. Like I put earbuds in and it's like once I go to sleep and it just plays. And have you actually seen a difference? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm working on, I've done it before on different goals and I'm working on a new one. So there's a goal that I have. Don't ask me about it because I can't talk about it yet, but there's this goal that I have that I'm obsessed with, but I also have this like secret fear that I can't pull it off. Mm-hmm. And I, I've done enough work on myself to know, like it's, I have to develop the belief that yes, I can, that it's humanly possible. I can do this, but I'm not there yet. So that's why I specifically did a hypnotherapy session to program my beliefs that this is happening, that it is possible. And I'm only like two days into it right now. And like, when I woke up this morning, I was like, I could feel, I was like, Oh, I'm just like, like now I'm not like gripped with fear that it can't happen. I'm starting to move into this is possible. I'm not like, you know, Rocky, you know, I have the tiger right now with it yet, but I'll I'll get there. It takes, it takes time. And we all, have sec we all doubt ourselves we all second guess ourselves and mm-hmm. i think that's just human so everybody needs a little help one last thing that i want to ask you about what you spoke about earlier was our intuition as women and it's, i think it is so powerful how do you feel we could tell the difference between our intuition and our ego or insecurity so i'll yes. give you an example let's say okay. you're dating somebody mm-hmm. and they do something that triggers you like mm-hmm. or reminds you of an ex that maybe was controlling or whatever and you're mm-hmm. like whoa this isn't this isn't good this doesn't feel right mm-hmm. something's not right here how mm-hmm. do you know that's your intuition or it's you self sabotaging great question so i really look to get grounded. The more you can go in slow motion on something like this, the more you can really be there for yourself. 
to walk yourself through the through your own process. And so part of queenly communication is taking a stand for the and. It's taking a stand for you and the other person. So really taking a look at like, what was this, per- like, w- what about that triggered you and didn't feel good to you and why? So like, make sure you're really there for yourself. And then consider the other person like, okay, why did this person say or do that? Like, what was the intention behind it? Even if it didn't feel good. So it's like when you get like, oh, well, this person was just trying to be protective and was trying to take care of things, even though you felt like it was controlling, you know, you can like kind of get into the spirit of it. And then relationships are teachers. And then you go and you have a conversation say, you know, I I'd like to, I'm curious when it, when you can start a sentence out with I'm curious it totally deflates any charge because if you can really get I'm curious as to why you said what you said or said that the way you said it or did what you did let them explain and they get all like dictator like and be like because because I said so and because I'm right and because that's the way it is then then you're like ding, 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 okay ding, ding. <laughs> right okay or, well I was I was so worried about whatever was going on and I wanted to make sure that this happened in the right way that I needed to be in control of it then you can see like the spirit of it was right on and then you can also be visible and say okay I I thank you for that and this style didn't feel good to me in the future I'd appreciate x y and z mm-hmm so it's about getting curious, being like investigative, like with a, like, like in terms of like being on an adventure, not investigative, like I'm going to prove you wrong. Right. Right. Got it. Yes. I love it. And so, and I know the book is called The Audacity to Be Queen, but do you think men could also get information <laughs> out of this book as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is, um, you know, it's, it's a personal development book. It, it is geared towards women. Our mutual friend, Sam Sabora, happened to love it. Um, I love and Sam. I, I mean, these his, archetypes. I, every time Sam posts an Instagram story, it's like a little gift for me because I know it's going to make me laugh. If you don't follow Sam Sabora, he's a stylist and he is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you haven't lived. Yeah. Um, so Sam's like now calling, like he's calling me and letting me know like what archetype is going on for him or his partner at any given time. So, um, yes, look at my, my work is, is deeply rooted in and grounded in psychology. And so archetypes are universal male or female. Um, and I think that there's plenty of places where men could just swap out, uh, the word queen for king. If, that's your archetype. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Don't worry, everybody listening on the notes part of this podcast, I'm going to link to the book, also finding Gina on social media. So if you want to ask her any questions, but I highly recommend the book. Gina, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insight. And I'm totally looking forward to having you on again. Oh, Sabrina, thank you so much for having me. And yes, um, definitely go to the notes to get the book. And also I'll make sure you have the link to the free companion course for the book. You don't even have to buy the book to get the free companion course, but there's like videos and worksheets and like all kinds of goodness there. So I want to make sure you have everything and we'll make sure they're in the show notes. That's my favorite word, free. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That was so so fun. fun. Cool. That was so easy. Yes, that's the way life should be.